Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. As I was praying what to preach for Mother's Day, I kept feeling a certain thing in my spirit, but didn't seem like that was a Mother's Day message. But that's the only thing that I kept thinking, that that was for today. And yesterday, when Glenn Jackson shared his testimony in our men's breakfast, I said, okay, God, I know I'm supposed to share this. You say, well, what were you feeling in your spirit? Well, I felt like I was encouraged to share the story of Esther. Esther was not a mother. She was not a mother. She was a queen. And she was in captivity. But I couldn't get away from it. I kept thinking of that comment by her uncle Mordecai. In chapter 3, verse 4 or verse 14, where it says, And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. For such a time as this. What was that time? What was that time? See, the book of Esther is a book of intrigue. It's a book about romance. A book of violence. It's a book of plotting and scandals. But there's one thing missing from the book of Esther. You will not find the word God in there. But it's a great story. A great story. Revolving around this young lady. Let's look at the story. And let's think about that phrase in such a time as this. And see if on Mother's Day here in 2021, we can relate it to us. See, Esther's grandfather, Kish, was one of those brought to Babylon around 600 B.C., 598, somewhere in there. 598, 600 years before Christ. The story takes place in Susa. That was the winter residence of the Persian kings, almost as far east into Babylon as you can get. This was where Daniel had his vision. And the story covers approximately four years time period. It begins around 483 B.C. So you get that for over a hundred years. Well over a hundred years, so that means that this young lady, this young woman, Esther, was born in rough times. She was born into captivity. She was born away from their homeland. They'd been taken to a foreign land, and she was born and would grew up in Babylon. This is the story. And all she had ever known was being in captivity by the Persians. That was her life. You say, well, why do you mention that? Because of that phrase, 
in such a time as this. Think about it. That was her time. Certainly it was not the best of times. I know Lee referred to the peace that we need in our situation and circumstances today. Because I think all of us have heard similar statements about our time. How tough it is. Folks, most of us don't have a clue what it means to be in tough times. Compared to most places in the world, we've got it made. We get word from Cuba that they're still hurting for food, but we received a text yesterday that they had located some food and they'd been able to feed uh, 75 families. But we don't know what hard times are. We've not had to face the things that some people are going to. One of the problems that we've had to go through, some of you, we've got people in our area that's been a year without talking to a loved one face to face. Yes, times are tough. But regardless of how bad or how good it is, I believe it's a fact that you and I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. See, the word kingdom in this occasion literally means royalty. It means power. It means reign. It means dominion. Now, most of the time we don't think about being an authority. We don't think about being in power. We don't think about having authority, but as Christians, God has given us so much that we dwell so many times beneath the authority and beneath the kingdom that God wants us to have. Such a time as this. What does that mean? That literally means now at this time. That was what Mordecai was telling his niece, Esther. Now's the time. Right now's the time. At this time. So mamas, daddies, Kids, grandparents, church, I believe it's true. We have come to the kingdom for such an hour as this. And I know the first thought that comes to some of our minds is, I wish we had a better hour. That could be true. But as old saying, too bad, too sad, it is what it is. This is your hour. This is my hour. This is the only one we have. This is our time. Wish we had a better hour. This is the one we have. See, whenever this story took place, it would be another 60 years before Israel would have what it once had. Another 60 years that they would still be in turmoil. Even though, she said, who's to say, but I've come to the kingdom for such an hour as this. It was going to be another 60 years. See, chronologically, Esther does not fit in the Bible where it is. It fits over near the end of the Old Testament. 
if you were going to fit it chronologically, it would fit between Ezra chapter 7, 6, and Ezra chapter 7. It starts with a big party. How many knows a party? Let's read about it. Chapter 1. Now, I'm not going to read this whole book, but I encourage all of you to read the nine chapters. It's a great story. But beginning at verse 2, in those days, when King Hazarias sat on his royal throne in Susa, that is the citadel, in the third year of his reign, he gave a feast for all of his officials and servants. Look who was invited. The army of Persia and Media. Now, I did not mean the media news people. They were left out. They did not there. These were the Medes and the Persians. And the nobles and the governors of the provinces were before him. And while he showed the riches of his royal glory and the splendor and the pomp of his greatness for many days. How long? A hundred and eighty days. For six months, they got ready for the party. For six months, he showed off the land. For six months, he had a, a great entourage of people in his country. They were showing these things to too. And when these days were completed, the king gave for all the people present in Susa, the citadel, both great and small, a feast lasting for seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace. There were white cotton curtains and violet hangings fastened with cords of fine linen and purple to silver rods and marble pillars and also couches of gold and silver on mosaic pavement of porphyry, marble, mother of pearl, and precious stones. In other words, they were putting on the ritz. They were putting on the part. And then it says, drinks were served in golden vessels. Now, I want to tell you, I ate last week, and I opened up my package, and there was a, a gold fork. It was plastic, <laughs> but it was gold. I was thinking I was eating in high cotton, man. These were drinking out of gold vessels of different kinds. And the royal wine was lavished according to the bounty of the king. And drinking was according to this edict. They put out a, an, an edict, a, a rule. An open bar. That's what it was. You say that, didn't say that. There is no compulsion... For the king had given orders to all the staff of his palace to do as each man desired. In other words, drink all you want. How many thinks at the end of seven days there were some wasted folks? <laughs> it was a party that they had given. And then he invited his wife to come to be a part of it. And she said, no way. And he booted her out of the castle. Got a new queen, and her name was Esther. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on that entire story, but just enough to give you the picture. The kingdom, or the hour of the circumstances. And remember, it was this hour. Right now. This hour. is the only time you will have this hour. Because once it's over, it's gone. We've come to this hour. 
See, each one of our kingdoms differ. I said each one of our lives are different. But regardless of what you're going through, we need to understand this truth. God will see you through it. And as that saying goes, this too shall what? Pass. But we must be willing as Esther. She was willing to stake a claim or take a stand and claim our hour. She said, this is my hour. And I realized Mordecai is one that directed her to it. He said, listen, Esther. He had raised her. He was her uncle. He had raised her, nurtured her. He said, Esther, who is to say that you have come to this hour or to the kingdom for such an hour as this? I've already mentioned it, but there's several principal characters in this story. Then wanted to get this. His plan was to annihilate and to do away with all the Jews. Then there was a king. And then, of course, there was Esther. Every Jew was to be annihilated. The issue had been ordered. It had been signed. And it had been dated. To annihilate the Jews. Let's read it. Chapter 3 verse 12. Then the king's scribes. Were summoned on the 13th day of the first month. And an edict. According to all that Haman commanded. Was written to the king's satraps. And to the governors. Over all the provinces. And to the officials of all the people. To every province in its own script. And every people in its own language. Are you getting this? Everybody was included. It was written in the name of King Horasus and sealed with the king's signet ring. Letters were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces with instructions. Here was instructions. To kill and to annihilate all Jews, young and old, women and children. And one day. The 13th day of the 12th month, which is in the Jewish calendar, Adar. But in our calendar, the 13th day of December would be what it would be set. And again, that doesn't fit the Jewish calendar, just so you understand. They already said on the 13th day, all Jews will be in a copy of the document was to be issued as a decree in every province by proclamation to all peoples to be ready for that day. The couriers went out hurriedly by order of the king, and the decree was issued in Susa, the citadel. And the king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa was thrown into confusion. Drop down to chapter 4, verse 4. And when Esther's young women and her eunuchs came and told her what was going on, Mordecai had called a fast. Mordecai was distraught. He was upset. And when that word was brought to Esther, she wanted to know what's going on. 
And when Esther's young women and eunuchs came and told her, the queen was deeply distressed, and she sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth. Why was he upset? Why was things going so bad? But he would not accept them. Then Esther called for Hathach, one of the king's units, who had been appointed to attend her, and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what it was and why it was. Hathach went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasures for the destruction of the Jews. See, he had went to the king and said, I'll give you this much money if you'll pass this edict that they're going to destroy all the Jews. The king had no idea that his wife was a Jew. He didn't know that she was a Jew. He didn't know anything about the Jews except those were those people that had been brought in from a foreign country. They were illegals there. And it says, Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction that he might show it to Esther and explain to her and command her to go to the king to beg his favor and plead with him on behalf of her people. Let's drop down to verse 12. And he told, they told Mordecai what Esther had said. What did she said? She had said, I can try. I'm willing to try, but he has not invited me into the uh, bedroom. He's not invited me, and I could be putting my neck on the line, but I'm willing to try. But I won't promise anything. I'm so glad that God never makes us promise to be successful. God never asks us to be successful. He says, you be faithful. You be faithful and the success will take care of itself. Reply to Esther. Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace, said Esther, your head's on the line too. As soon as they find out that you're a Jew and all the other Jews have been killed, you are going to die as well. But then comes one of the, I believe, most greatest proclamations of faith in the entire Bible. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place. He says, listen, listen, Esther, even if you and I die, God's still going to win. God's still going to win. And then he goes on and said, but you and your father's house will perish. Who was your father's house? That was him. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Can I suggest to you that those were hard times? The calendar was ticking. I don't know what time of the year it was. But at the best, they had chose the date by lots. He had cast a lot and said, that date. The 13th of December or the 13th of Adar. We're going to kill all the Jews. We're going to get rid of the race of that people. And Mordecai told Esther. Listen. God's people will survive. But you and I might die. But who is to say. That you've been brought to the kingdom for such an hour as this. Some of you have been moaning 
and groaning and complaining about your time. This is the only time we have. I said, this is the only time you have. And you've been brought to the kingdom. Your dominion, your authority for such an hour as this. What was, what's Mordecai saying? said, we're going to make it one way or the other. God is going to see us through. And I could stop right here and make a proclamation to every one of you watching online and every one of you here. God is going to see us through. Well, what if we die? Hey, we get to go meet with Jesus early. God is going to see us through. And I said, man, what a statement of faith. And then whenever I thought about that this week, I I remembered an old story about two nuns that were driving an old station wagon. Any of you remember the station wagons? And they run out of gas. Those things used a lot of gas. They run out of gas, not very far from the filling station. But they were nurses, and the only thing they had in that station wagon was two bedpans. So they took those bedpans with them to the gas station to get them some gas. And they wasn't very far. They walked back and just as they were getting ready to pour that gas in the station wagon, a trucker slowed down. He was going to stop and help them. But when he saw them, he just tooted his horn and yelled at them, now that's faith. Some of y'all get that a little bit later. (laughs) That's faith. How awesome Mordecai's faith was. Now his hour was desperate. It was bad times. Some of you are going through some difficult, difficult times. I don't want to make light of that. But I can assure you, That God says, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. But could it be that God brought you to this hour, this moment, this time, to be used mightily for God? Yes, Glenn, I enjoyed your testimony. Near death, how many times? Six times you should have died. But God brought him through for such a time as this. I don't know how, but I can promise you in the midst of the hour, God will make a way. Now think about it. This was 400 plus years before Christ. You say, why did you bring that up? Because we know more than Mordecai I knew. See, it looked bad. It looked bleak. It seemed inedible. But Mordecai trusted God. Not Esther. His faith was in God. But he said, listen, daughter. Listen, niece. Could it be that God brought you to this hour? 
for such an hour as this. Some of you that are listening today, you need to hear this loud and clear. God wants to use you. But he can only use those that are willing to be used. That are willing to take a stand. Willing to take a stand. And Esther said, I'm willing. I'm willing. Mordecai didn't know about Jesus coming to the earth. That was going to be 400 years later. He did not know about the power of the resurrection. You and I do. He did not know about the promise of God recorded in Romans chapter 8 that I want to read to you. Romans chapter 8 beginning at verse 24. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Folks, we can camp out right there for a while. We need to understand something. When you're the weakest, that's when God's the strongest. When you can't handle it, that's when we have to trust in God. And it says, when we are our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints. The Spirit intercedes for the saints. You say, well, I'm not a saint. Yes, you are. If you're a child of God, you're a saint of God. You're God's child. He says, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, you know what that means? Everything he prays is according in line with what God wants. Now, I'm going to have to tell you, sometimes my prayers don't line up with God's word. Sometimes my prayers line up with my desires. But when my prayers line up with God's will, I can tell you, God's going to come through. And we know that for those who love God, all things, all things work together for good for those who are called according to to his purpose. It was bleak. The clock was ticking. Didn't know what to do. But he said, I want you to know something. Esther, this may be your hour. But even if it's not, God is going to take care of us. But he said, Esther, this could be your hour. This may be your time. Use your hour. Use your, and I thought it was neat when I looked up the kingdom and that word there talks about the royalty. Talks about power. Talks about dominion. She was next in line to the king. He was the ultimate authority. But she knew that if she could get next to him, her kingdom, her authority, her power, her dominion 
would be expanded because the king was in agreement with it. Could it be that God is desiring some of us, some of you, to step up and take the next step to victory? Now, if you read the rest of the story, you find out something. You find out that the king did not reverse the edict. He couldn't. It had already been signed. It had already been delivered. But with one major difference, he said, I'm going to allow you folks to fight back. You can take a stand against the enemy. Gator, could it be that God's wanting his church? He said, I'm giving you the privilege of fighting back. I'm giving you the privilege of taking a stand. I'm giving you the opportunity to live in an hour such as this. This is your hour. This is your time. Now before I wrap this message up, let me share with you, just in case you don't know. They won. And they instituted a holy day or a holiday that they still worship today. It's called Purim. That word comes from casting of lots because again, that's how Hammond decided when they were going to issue the order. Which day it was going to be? By casting of lots. So every year, they have a celebration. A celebration that when one lady, that even though she was a queen, she was also a Jew, and she was also in exile. But she accepted the challenge. And who's to say? You've come to the kingdom for such an hour as this. Mothers, dads, children, grandparents. Let me assure you, God will make a way. But it could be. It could be that God has given you the challenge. Who's to say? But you've been brought to the kingdom for this hour. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you for the worship that we had earlier today. We thank you for the blessings that you bestowed upon us as a church and as a nation. But God, sometimes we get discouraged and depressed because things don't look good. Things are not happening at the pace we want them to happen. But would you just speak to people's hearts and lives today to know that this is their hour. 
It could be their hour that they may, may, may need to make a decision to come to God or to come back to God after they've drifted away. God, this is their hour. This is their time. God, there may be those that need a healing in their body and they just need to reach out in faith and grab it. This is their hour. And God, it could be like Naaman in the Bible that had to dip seven times in the river. God, maybe they've dipped six times and they're tired of dipping. But this could be their hour. They've come to the kingdom for such an hour as this. And God, some are discouraged. But they need to be refreshed today and know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. This is our hour. This is our day. This is our opportunity. Help us respond to it. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.